Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode, inevitably, 119. Goodness gracious, there's triple digits, huh? I can't wait to get to 119 in age where I am dust and pain and remembrances of old Castlevanias. Hmm. Do you think that I will get old enough and think that my video game lives were my past? That's the top of the show question for you kids out there. <laughs> he spun this on me so hot and fresh, I don't even yeah. really know how to react to it. Do you, do you ever like have dreams where you're just like, this, wait a second, this is what, this is not a thing I did. This is something that Nathan Drake did, you know? This is something I did as Isaac Clark, or as the Doom guy. I, I'm just intrigued. We spend so many hours with these video game experiences that mm. how, how do they like affect our psyche over time? How do they make us? The games that made us. <laughs> That's a whole different series. That's coming to Netflix <laughs> yeah. next fall. Netflix don't give a shit about video games that they can't turn into like animes. Mm, that's a good point. Or a good point. sexy. Se- Actually, I, that's unfair. Netflix is pro video game and everyone else can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they like working with Sony to like produce like Netflix series for Sony films and, and video games? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like they, there's also like key art where something to do with Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Tsushima. Shushima. Shushima. And there's an icon of a dual shock or the dual sense, mm-hmm. the new the new vibrator uh, uh, for key art. And so it's like, so can I play games on Netflix? Is that what's going on? I can play the games on Netflix? I'm okay mm. with that. You like that? Give me like a kind of bandersnatch, choose your own adventure story, but do it better. I don't know, man. I feel like that's yesteryear, mm-hmm. right? Trying to do lo- those fucking hokey ass... Uh, it, what sorry. do they call them? Do you have no respect for R.L. Stein's Choose Your Own Adventure books? Uh, Come on. If I could, I would take my favorite R.L. Stein book, mm. I would wet it, and I would slap him across the face with it. Oh my god. <laughs> Fear Street 1990-whatever exactly. wasn't too That's great. 1979, good. <laughs> but Choose Your Own Adventure? No, I want to go big, man. Mm. I want to play fucking Spider-Man 2 from the ps2 on netflix make that happen because sony's not gonna let me go into their back catalog maybe netflix will Mm. everything about that i don't think that's gonna happen to be honest no i don't think i don't think uh (laughs) jim ryan and herman holst are gonna buckle and give their ip library to netflix gotcha oh yeah i could play final fantasy 3 on netflix it's not gonna fucking happen wow Really? Yeah. I mean, I can't play Final Fantasy 3 on the Switch. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> to Square Enix. What the fuck, yo? Just put it on the Steam. So what do video games do to us? What do video games do to us? I mean, us? people have been asking that question for years. Yeah. Uh, they've been psychiatric and psychological studies. The government says video games make us violent. Right. I say Politicians say that. The government doesn't say anything. The government is, is mum on the, the true effects on video games. They, in fact, that's why they released information about UFOs, to divert us from what the video games are truly doing to our minds. They pulled Tom DeLonge out of hiding and be like, hey man, I know you're doing this Angels and Airwaves things, but we need aliens out in the front line right now. Because we can't let people know about video games. That one went over my head. What? Tom DeLonge? Who the fuck is that? Oh my god. You know nothing of Blink-182, so... No, I don't. So he's the... Gu- I can't name a song. Guitarist, or was the guitarist slash yeah. frontman of 
of Blink-182, one of the founders. Okay. He went on to be in a band called Angels and Airwaves. Oh, okay. But he is very enthusiastic about, like, extraterrestrials and UFO sightings to where, like, he's done, like, studies and papers on it, and the government actually recruited him uh, to do work. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wow. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Any, like, results? Has he published any papers about, like, the angels in his airwaves? (laughs) I, I don't know. You know, it's an ongoing collaboration. Okay. The government's pretty mum about all that stuff. Still takes time. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But we'll find out That's on true. the next Blink-182 album when he comes back and collaborates. For sure. And there's a song about Aliens Do Exist Part 2. I am only too excited. You have no excitement in your body. I can't picture Tom DeLonge. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like. Imagine yeah. an emo. Uh, just an, an emo? <laughs> an emo with, with a <laughs> lip piercing here. Swept bangs. Okay. And uh, he's got the famous line, Where are you? That's him. So he's Gerard Way. Mm. Like close? Close-ish. Uh, Doesn't matter. Doesn't okay. matter. We got we strayed too far from God with That's this. That's true. Tom DeLonge, you don't matter. No, he does. <laughs> um, I don't know that he's a big gamer. Mark Hoppus actually is a huge gamer. I got a question player. for the bat. Bass player. You yeah. can lower your hand uh, from Blink-182. Okay. Also um, from Blink-182. Yeah. Gotcha. But he actually was doing Twitch streaming all through quarantine. Like he... We all were. He got a PlayStation and started playing through like The Last of Us, Last of Us Part 2, okay. Uncharted, all this other stuff, Animal Crossing. Um, but he actually got diagnosed with cancer pretty oh. recently. Oh, yeah. No. So... Hopefully he fights through it. Hopefully he's on a good path of recovery because, like, he is so influential in like the punk rock, pop rock community. So, I often, he's good. I really don't like learning about a person for the mm-hmm. first time and then learning something terrible to befall them in the same situation. I've tried to teach you about Mark Hoppus because so it, it often. goes from like intrigue to yeah. oh sadness very quickly. It went like, from that's oh he was streaming video games. Yeah, on I was Twitch. like that's cool. And he actually he was doing um the Sunday crossword puzzles like every Sunday morning. I would warm up for Hecka Herb with that. Really? Watch him do the Sunday crosswords. And Sunday then... crosswords and <laughs> crosswords? Yeah. Well, that's, but... that's cool. Thoughts and prayers, uh, as we say, to Mark Hoppus and his family. Hopefully he recovers soon. You you praying, man? Yeah, I'm praying, man. You a praying man that's over here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, cool. Well, let's get into this episode, man. We, yeah. got, we got some shit, because I don't know how to dismount from somebody getting cancer. <laughs> like, I don't. I, I legitimately don't know how to dismount off the last five minutes of conversation. We I have guess. other heinous shit to, like, we do. talk about. Well, I, I, I'm on second coffee, so, like, things are weird. Wait, you're drinking another coffee? Yeah. You didn't invite me? Uh, you're welcome to go get a cup. I can talk about, um, Twitch streamers that aren't sick. <laughs> I guess. No, no, no. Let's do the plug. How get do I say her Amaranth? 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 Yeah, every time I log into Twitch on the, on the front page, it's like, licking ears! <laughs> Just her. <laughs> licking ears! There or was, something. There was a graphic that went out, uh, the other day. It was mm. about the top twitch streamers for the month of july and there there i think there were like i think five to ten of them showcased and it was all men right yes and i saw somebody that. had quote retweeted it with like oh i thought women were stealing all the views <laughs> and it's like <laughs> no <laughs> they are not people incels and just really sensitive and ego fragile men are just like so worried about women encroaching on their spaces mm. but men still dominate the streaming space for better or worse. I think this is actually a really cool opportunity to segue into my new website. It's, it's called Manspace. Manspace. Uh, it's for dudes by dudes. Yeah. So no girls, uh, no chicks, just dicks. 
you log in, mm-hmm. you you do masculine things, things, you know, like you try to let's play some Minecraft and fucking chop down a tree or something, right? Just mm-hmm. manly stuff, you know, together. You won't have any women bothering you at all hmm. ever again. That's our guarantee. <laughs> Man space? Man space. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a membership fee? There is. Okay. It's steep. How steep? 69. I knew it was going to be like 69, 69 or something like that. <laughs> oh, anyway, we got a show here. Hey. We do. We are the save room. And as we've said before, gamers aren't safe. They're not. You think it's a pithy joke. It's not. It is a threat. A genuine threat. And that threat can be found on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, even Stitcher, and coming soon to Manspace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if we're like our our best enemies or best friends in promoting our content because like we yeah. we work against ourselves often. In what ways? I feel like everything I said was very like I don't know, kind of above the board and mm-hmm. deeply relatable. Sure. Right. So wait, I'm gonna make a, a man only website mm-hmm. and also uh, kill all the gamers. Fair enough. These are separate initiatives that may have some cross pollination overall, but mm. I don't know. I haven't thought about strategy. That's fair. Well, speaking of cross-pollination yep. and strategy, I see you doing a lot of strategy over at uh, twitch.tv slash TheRedHerb these days. Uh, it's mostly just drinking and <laughs> playing video games, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I stream. Thank mm-hmm. you. You do. You're doing Fry Doom, and are you almost done with Doom Eternal? Are you Doom almost Eternal? done with that labor of hate? I hope that I'm almost done with Doom Eternal, a game that I'm reminding myself of why I dislike it more than Doom 2016. Mm. And I thought it would be a a different situation, because if we remember, kids, if we remember, I did a little program for many weeks uh, called Devil May Fry. Every Friday, I play every Devil May Cry game. And originally, I played Devil May Cry 5 and didn't enjoy it very much. It was just like, eh. But most of my heart said, this isn't DMC 2, and that's what I want. And I don't mean Devil May Cry 2. I mean a sequel to Ninja Theory's DMC, Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. So I was mad at Five, but it was unfair. I think it was unfair. When I played it, saw it for what it was, again, on Devil May Cry, I enjoyed it. That's not happening for Doom Eternal, a game that I openly disliked (laughs) the first time that I played it. I dislike all the same things about it again. Okay. And it's sad. And I end most streams really mad. Like, really (laughs) mad toward the end. (laughs) Wow. And I've done, I've done two streams of it, and I remember it ended the same way. I just, like, started fucking just ranting about Doom Eternal, how much worse it is in 2016. It's it's funny, too, because <laughs> you've been starting these uh, Doom Eternal streams pretty early, like, yeah. at, like, six or seven. Yeah. So you're probably going for, like, five hours strong at this point, probably a few drinks deep. Basically. Uh, just fucking raging about how much yeah. you hate the game and its systems yes. yeah, and its how systems it's a lesser game. No sense. It's definitely like, a lesser game. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, for sure. But... but <laughs> a positive note, you wrote a good song about uh, Doom. I did. I wish we had a sample to play of that right now, but you can catch that uh, on Early Access at Manscape. Manscape. Ma- is that what it's called? Four Dudes by Dudes. <laughs> yeah. No, Manspace. Manspace. Sorry, right. sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can sponsored by Manscape. Fuck. You can find that over <laughs> in Early Access at Manspace coming soon. But yeah, I'm not surprised that you're not... Uh, any softer on your opinions on it like i didn't mm. think you were gonna fall in love with it mm-hmm. if anything i tried it's okay it's you're getting so dirt. busy it's just a busy game are you almost done i don't know mm. i'm where are you at i think i'm like halfway through the game okay. I, ju- I just ran into half of samuel hayden 
half a robot man. Remember that part. He's doing the deep voice thing. And I thought it was I thought he was played by Lance Henriksen. He's mm. actually played by I don't know his fucking name, who plays uh Reinhardt in the now blacklisted title Overwatch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's um that's cool, I guess. He sounds a lot like Lance Henriksen. I really think that's what they're going for. I, I'm still not convinced it's not Lance Henriksen, to be honest with you. That man doesn't say no to any paycheck. <laughs> I mean, when you're that old, hmm. fuck it. Yeah, like Christopher Lloyd and yeah. fucking nobody. Oh my god. <laughs> he was talk, like a hundred. Talk about like a, just an all-around surprising movie and then supporting role from Christopher Lloyd. Holy shit. Yeah. Watch Nobody. Watch Nobody. It's so good. It, uh, for watch me, The Gentleman as well. For me, it's actually a more efficient John Wick than John Wick was. There's a lot of, like, better John Wicks than John Wick that are, like, popping up. There, there's a trailer for that movie, Kate, mm-hmm. starring... With, uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. And then Atomic Blonde was also a movie that people really liked. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. That was okay. Polar was basically John Wick, but it mm-hmm. had, uh, what's-his-face, uh, you know the guy who plays Hannibal? Everyone loved it. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkels. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The old Mikkelmeister. Yeah, and then it had uh, Vanessa Hudgens in that movie, too. But nobody is surprising, huh. because, like, Bob Odenkirk, I've, I, I mean, he's been around for a long time, done a lot of comedy stints, done a lot of stuff with, um, God, what the fuck is his name? David... Dave Cross. David, David Cross, Cross, yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff he's done, but, like... His role as as Saul Goodman in Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad is like just stuck with me. Like that's just how I know him now. So to see him in this role where he's kind of like chiseled in the jaw, kind of like looking like fit. really fit, and just seeing him kick ass, yeah, like it. It to me it was like if Saul Goodman broke bad and he was just kicking ass in every scene and mm-hmm. it wasted no time. So good if stuff. he broke bad, oh good my goodness, stuff. yeah, I like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. People should watch that movie. I it feels like it's gonna be underrated. Mm-hmm. Like left and right, because nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about nobody. Oh, oh yeah. Going back to the tract of video games, mm-hmm. I know you want to talk about movies instead. <laughs> oh yeah. So sidebar, we're probably gonna do like a summer blockbuster episode yeah. where we just have like a movie free for all, kind of like we yeah. did last October for all the Halloween and scary movies we watched for the month That's of October. Right. But it'll be shorter because vaguely remember we're not gonna that. talk about like every movie we I saw got every you. day. Yeah. But we got to go back to video games. I'm yeah. so sorry. I know. Like, I'm just. I'm, pro- I'm future promoting. He's future. Pro- okay. What's gonna gotcha. happen? Like he lit up. Like you. You can't see this, but yeah. he lit up at the idea of movies. And when I said video games, he got crestfallen again. Because <laughs> video games are a crestfallen <laughs> landscape these yeah. days. Like they don't yeah. inspire hope. Yeah, uh, this, I sit down and, with a controller in my hand, and my, my heart feels heavy. This industry is in a hard place yeah. right now, guys. Like, there is not a lot of positivity to be engendered in this. And I. Oh, no, it sucks. And I got to tell you. <laughs> Thank you for coming to us because we're not going to engender any more positivity for you at all. Sorry, dudes. But if you like to watch a dude who's got a great smile, go check out Daniel oh, hey. at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. He's been streaming and he's got some cool plans coming on up for more streamings. Streams on Fridays. True. Remember. Was going to stream yesterday. But we yep. went house hunting. We got and that house, motherfucker. We got that house, hey, Air Five. Nope. Um, and yeah, I I'm not gonna like come back with like a regular Friday schedule. It's gonna be like whenever I'm able to do it. Yep. I think Nick and I of Make Monsters, we agreed to maybe do some co-op Friday streams where we play through Dark Souls Three, work mm-hmm. for the Platinum. 
maybe do a little bit of that. Working out the contract on that. Yeah, stuff. we're still working out the his his team's call my team. Right. It's mainly him and his partner just like figuring out if like we could make it work. Right. Um, can you make it work? I mean, we played it takes two, so I think we proved we could make something work. Did you save your marriage? Of course. There you go. That's not a choose your own adventure game. You always save your marriage in the end. Yeah. Spoilers. See Netflix. Nobody wants choose your own adventure. That shit's boring. But next Friday, yep. a little game called Hades is coming to PlayStation. Oh, so Hades! I might, I might stream a little bit of the Hades. Nice. Get in there with that roguelite action oh, so. i i'm definitely picking it up again on mm-hmm. ps5 can't wait to actually play it this time yeah I, i'm gonna have that same problem that was afflicted to me with two other games cuphead and hollow knight no, where i got I... them on my switch played them pretty feverishly but dropped off because i'm like eh, you know, i like the switch but i don't love playing games on my switch as much as i do on the playstation well i think the eternal truth here is that mm-hmm. games without trophies or achievements are incomplete mm-hmm. so thank god they're releasing a complete version of this video <laughs> exactly <game. laughs> yeah if i don't hear that trophy pop i'm yeah. not feeling anything right yeah oh yeah. oh definitely me not definitely me not mm-hmm. where do we go from here on this we talk about news <laughs> next so yeah you can catch that next friday that'll be fun but let's roll into the news because we've got six <laughs> items on the docket the real question is do we know how to podcast? <laughs> Actually, no. Before we get into it, I wanted no, to ask we you don't. something. I wanted to ask you something. <laughs> this is a shit show. We take a week off. We lose structure. It's, yep. it's to- terrible. Gotta stop doing that. It's horrible. But you've been playing a game that's in early access right now ah. uh, called Back for Blood. Back for Blood. By Turtle Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys who previously did... Evolve. Evolve. <laughs> and some of the guys that worked on Left 4 Dead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, uh, it is. It's pretty decent so far. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not as up on it as I thought I would. Like, if you told me that there's going to be a modern era Left for Dead, mm-hmm. and this is it, like, I'm I'm excited at the concept, right? I got my hands on it. It's like, yeah, it feels good to play. Shooting zombies is always fun. There's just all these like modern implementations that just busy up the fucking experience. Like it's there's like this card system for like different um, perks and skills that you get and you choose loadouts of cards that do different things like plus plus two melee or or 10 percent stamina increase. Yeah, you have stamina in this game for your fucking running. Mm. Come on, man. Come on. What what is this? Breath of the Wild? What what are you doing to me? Right. And it just honestly, again, I I have focus issues that are very undiagnosed, but ADHD. Sure. And. The they've honestly they fucked up Left for Dead is what I want to say. They <laughs> fucked up Left for Dead is is the core of it. I'm sure. not gonna dance anymore for mm-hmm. anybody, right? I'm gonna say it right through. With all their fucking modern bullshit, I'm just like, yo, clean this shit up. What the fuck are you doing? It's such an easy concept to get four players mm-hmm. going through four fucking areas, mm-hmm. blasting down procedurally generated zombies, mm-hmm. and you made that fucking messy. Come on, get the fuck out of here. There, there was a beauty to the simplicity and structure of, oh, of Left 4 Dead's 1 and 2, and the, and the character interactions, obviously. Yeah. But, like, just an arcadey zombie free-for-all with, like, tiered, like, mid-bosses and, like, stronger enemies. Like, it was just well done. Yeah. And to kind of see them, like, try and do it again, like, what, like, 10, 15 years later at this point, and kind of bungle it up with, like, overcomplications. Man, this is like when a chef tries to, like, one-up a classic recipe, right? Mm. And then they add all this fucking frou-frou bullshit into the meal that just complicates the taste. You you fucked up a little bit there. Listen, man, Cordon Bleu is always going to be those strict elements. Don't fucking add garnishes where they don't need to be. Cheese and chicken. 
Cheese and chicken, baby. Cheese and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, the, the, the mechanics of the game are very sound. It feels good. It's a little uh, weightier than Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can actually aim down your sights on all guns and stuff like that. So it it, it makes the experience separated enough where it feels like, okay, I like some of the modern stuff that you're doing that brings it in line with modern first-person shooters now, Mm. but I just don't like this fucking Fortnite-esque slash literally every PvEP game bullshit that comes out these days. Mm. It's just like, here's a mess of cards and unlockables and crazy shit. I'm just like, stop, dude. Hey, man. I don't want an Excel sheet to play my games. Don't dunk on Fortnite. They just got Ariana Grande to do a concert. And you said don't dunk on Fortnite? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's a megastar. Yeah, she can be anything she wants. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I want to play more of it. I've only done, like, maybe, like, two sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure playing with friends, it'll maybe feel a little different. Yeah, for sure to feel different. Um, I mean, I don't hate, I don't absolutely hate the card system. I, I get what it's trying to do, but I feel like there's probably a cleaner way to implement that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you... Um, basically pick from this allotment of cards every time you get to a safe house kind of like in the first game and you prepare like how you want to go about stuff and you get like challenges too that you can take on and be like oh don't don't trigger uh hordes by like you know setting off car alarms for this entire round and Mm -hmm. you'll get bonuses and shit because there's a currency system running throughout it too that uh in the safe house you can buy like a new weapon and and like all sorts of attachables to your weapon too like iron sights and stuff like that and then you can uh refill your health and stuff so it's it's i like some of that stuff Mm -hmm. um and then they clean up like some modern stuff where it's not as annoying when uh like a jumper character like you know i I can't i want to call it a smoker but it's not a smoker in this game but Mm -hmm. like whatever you know like the special zombies come out it's it's not as like heinously of a disruption as it was in left for dead to like you know get your friends out of that situation and well yeah because like you'd hear them you barely see him, and then yeah. you get tackled out of nowhere, and it was just the whole thing where, like, your whole team has to shift focus, help you. Right, but yeah. I want to talk about one thing, um, and this is my final thought on it, which is the mm-hmm. stupidest thing that I've seen all zombie media do, which is they're just so fucking scared of the word zombie. You mm-hmm. know what they're called in this game? What? The Ridden. The Ridden? That's worse than Freaker. <laughs> the Ridden? Yeah. They're ridden with the virus. We've gotten... <laughs> like, what? The Ridden, Freakers, Infected... I think they should call them anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. <laughs> and you're just gunning them down. That's what it should be. It's yeah. fair, because like, what we've seen, the game looks like it's set in the South, so could, uh, be, could be a lot of anti-vaxxers. <laughs> well, according to a Kotaku article, it might be set in the South, Yeah, because apparently players have reported that they think whatever the zombies are screeching at them sounds like the N-word. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard any like audio clips of it, but a lot of people who've like, seen it or have played it themselves and been like yeah it actually does sound like that well the thing is you you cement that more by saying it Mm -hmm. by saying it sounds like that then people can't help but But hear hear it it. (laughs) right way to go kotaku (laughs) i think maybe the thing that a lot of these developers are trying to do is we hit oversaturation with zombie media over the last 10 years so maybe it's like one of those taboo words of like oh you say zombie and it immediately turns people off but Here's the thing. Mm. People are so fucking stupid for zombies. Like, it doesn't matter. They're... I love zombies. Yeah, exactly. I love zombies. <laughs> like, I also hate the fact that I've lived through a decade of people saying that the zombie genre is, like, oversaturated. Mm-hmm. Really? How about it's just a genre that exists? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, oversaturated for ten years. It sucks that it's, like... 
I can't, I feel like I can't enjoy zombie media without having somebody go like, ugh, this is played out. Then don't fucking watch it. That's true. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Don't play it. Don't watch it. Shut the fuck up and go elsewhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Come we've, on. we've gotten fun takes on it here and there. Like Army of the Dead was like an interesting spin on it. Yeah. I, I know. I know. You didn't love it. But even with, with video game media of like, oh, Days Gone, right? Oh, yeah. it's just another zombie game. Oh, we already got that from The Last of Us. Oh, more zombies. Don't buy like, it then. Stop buying it. They'll stop making them if you stop buying them. But in those cases, I feel like it's less about the zombies and more about the human elements, and like what's going mm. on. Because like those stories are crafted with a, a higher level of narrative polish, I think, oh. than what's going on in uh, Back for Blood, where it's like, yeah. you're just shooting hordes of zombies because that's arcadey, stupid fun. It is funny that so. um, zombies are such a popular like enemy in video games because mm. video games usually fumble with what those human stories are in film or books and stuff, right? That, Mm -hmm. that those like media like that gets the privilege of being able to tell those stories and video games are like, Oh, this is just like a thing. Mm -hmm. It's fodder. What human story are we telling without like making a game that's not multiplayer gun down time? (laughs) Right. So maybe that's why it feels even more boring to people that like pick up those titles. Right. Or, First of all, if that's boring to you, why are you picking it up to begin with? I'm confused by how people judge things. <laughs> I'm really confused. I mean, it's a lot of the word of mouth buzz about stuff, too. And, I mean, we live in this uh, Twitter silo where we just mm. hear thoughts echoed and echoed and echoed. Right. Like, Fucking I, boomeranged around. Yeah. Game of telephone throughout all of eternity. Yeah. It's driving me crazy. A little bit. Sick in the head now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Plays well. They fucked up Left 4 Dead a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I played on PS5, so it's really smooth there. Cool. So that's nice. Yeah, I watched you play um, a portion of a level. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. The level design is kind of head scratching in some areas. Yeah, but, it really is. Um, the idea of what do they call them again? The the ridden. The ridden. The the way they seem like they infect areas is a bit more interesting. Where like there's a, you go into like the second story of this house, and there's like this living vessel that like they're kind yeah. of like being born off of or coming off of and i'm like or oh that's something's cool. going on there yeah so Some yeah. gross flesh stuff which yeah. i think is cool it's good it's cool good horror vibes, hey, we love right? fleshy nastiness and i like the game looks like more deliberately crafted than just being like whatever was left over in the source engine <laughs> which is how left for dead one and two were made right or it's just like what can we do with this half-life level <laughs> was basically what they did but so it's nice it, it's a good looking game mm-hmm. i just again the modern bells and fucking whistles uh, don't sound good to me. Mm. That's all. That's all. Just Fair bring enough. back the classic mode, man. Give me a classic mode. I don't have to worry about that shit. It's all about skill. That was the thing about Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. It was just skill-based. It wasn't about like, oh, fuck, I got this crazy crazy loadout and perks now. Nah. No. It's like you had one cool <laughs> melee weapon, you had a cool gun. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it. that's what you got, man. <laughs> and most pro players have to figure out, like, how do I use the pistols, mm-hmm. like, the most and save my other guns yep. for dire situations, right? Yeah, it was good shit. It was good shit. Great shit. Oh, my God. I miss Leopard Dead. I do, too. Bring that back out. Bring it back out. Right now? Right now. All right, I don't think we should bring it out right bring now. It out right now. Okay. All right. Well, we got some news. Well, we got more than some news for you, but we'll get through all this quickly. Some of these things, who cares? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just because I wrote it doesn't mean it matters. I mean, we deliberated on what should go in the stock, and some of them I do care about. Oh, and the other is just stuff we need to talk about because we have to. That's true. There we go. All right. We got six items on here. The first is Dotama. Dotama? Dotama? So I heard Dotama. Tim Gettys of Kind of Funny refer to it as Dot Emu. But I like Dotemu more. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to stick with that. No disrespect. 
Dotomu has been purchased! <laughs> Dotomu, the studio best known for remaking and sequelizing classic games like Streets of Rage and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, has been acquired by Focus Home Interactive. Uh, there's a link in this article if you didn't notice there, because I didn't know who the fuck Focus Home was. Uh, looking at, they've been around since 1996. They're based in Paris, France. Oh, wee. And they've uh, distributed titles like Sherlock Holmes, never played that, Trackmania, <laughs> Trackmania, Runaway, uh, and sports games like Cycling Manager and Virtual Skipper. Hmm. So, kind of big shots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the acquisition gives Focus Home 77.5% share capital of the French studio. They're both in France, by the way, mm-hmm. which shakes out to about $45.5 million. So wow. them some bones right there, baby. Dotomu's new owner wants what we want, for them to keep cranking out sequels and remakes. <laughs> Here is a quote, quote. This new collaboration will allow Dotamo to benefit from the incontestable expertise, who uses incontestable in any situation, of Focus Home Interactive's teams for the production of uh, AA titles and therefore launch the production of future sequels or remakes on licenses of first-generation 3D consoles, said Dotamo CEO Cyril Imbert. Um, what the hell does that mean? First-generation 3D consoles? Are they aiming for... PS1 and N64 remakes and sequels. They might, yeah. Is that what they're saying? Maybe they're going back to like older concepts and licensed games and just, you know, maybe like, hey, let's let's flesh them out for a new era. Well, good right? for them. I love Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. That game is fucking stupendous. It's amazing. We were playing it the other day. Yesterday, we were. I was playing it today, too. Mm-hmm. I was playing it today and enjoying the shit out of that survival mode. Yeah, they just came out with the Mr. X Nightmare mode, yep. which brings three new characters, a lot of new weapons, and then a survival kind of simulator thing where it's got like 30 rounds and mm-hmm. it just throws like, I think it's randomly generated mm-hmm. each time. So you get just a different flux of like bosses and stuff. And it just, it's challenging. It's great. Um, really fun. Yeah, I, I love Streets of Rage 4. What's kind of crazy is, like, I feel like Focus Home is taking the lion's share here with 77% of their capital. Like, what? That's they own a them. lot. That, but, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Was the buyout actually for $45 million? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it shakes out to. $44.5 mm. dollars, sir. It was in euros, but I didn't I, I made sure to find the USD because America's number one. I mean... You have a studio with a lot of potential. They make amazing, yep. like modern era beat 'em ups. Streets of Rage Four is a resounding success. They've they've done some Metal yeah. Slug remakes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. The, the newest one that they're working on is kind of a tactical spin on it. Mm-hmm. That kind of looks like Advance Wars, and the art style looks fucking neat as hell. Um, they they got a. They're good. They're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is more of a boon for Focus than anything. And if if uh, that capital allows Dotamo to continue making yeah. cool-ass sequels, awesome. Do That's it. kind of my thing. Like, you <clears throat> give them the housing and funding to keep doing what they're doing. Because if you have a studio like that in-house for you, you're going to put out very unique hits. That mm-hmm. are going to be like, oh, shit. Focus, you've got you've got Dotano. Fuck, that's amazing. You got it, man. You got it. Put that right next to Trackmania. Yeah. <laughs> and the cycling superstars or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I mean, I I'm excited for the Ninja Turtles game. I would love to see them work on a Streets of Rage five and keep yeah. bringing content to Streets of Rage four. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't think acquisitions are like a bad thing. I th- I know some people get a little like weird about it where it's like, oh, I can't believe you bought up that studio. They should be independent and keep doing their own thing. But like in a lot of cases, it gives them this the 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 movable ceiling to keep pumping out quality work mm-hmm. and not have to worry about doing a lot of it on their own. 
It's incredibly common for a lot of yeah. reasons. For one, it's really, really hard to keep a game studio open. Mm-hmm. Like, super fucking hard, right? And uh, it's nice to have that money buffer because a lot of these studios, especially Tamu, was a contract studio. Yeah. They work from, like, job to job to job, right? Like mercenaries. Yeah. And that's not exactly a safe position to be in mm-hmm. unless everything you do is a major hit. Yeah, I mean, they. Got, I think they got good street acclaim with, like, what, Windjammers? Yeah, Windjammers too. they did, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that was a huge, I think, <clears throat> thing on, like, the... Sorry. The internet. No, it was a huge <laughs> thing on, like, I think that, like, arcade scene and, like, kind of, like, cult circles of, like, that type of game, but, like, it never broke big in the mainstream. No, no, it was more of a cult joke. So, so to <laughs> see them launch from that to, like, these styles of beat-em-ups and then really make a name for themselves to the point of getting purchased is, is awesome. Good for them. Also, sidebar, 30 years of Streets of Rage. Oh, no shit. Yeah. 30 odd years. August huh? 2nd, 1991. Oh, my. Was the first time the Streets of Rage game came to consoles. I was a one year old baby. I was three years old. I was a baby boy. Playing on those little characters. Be like, oh, it's me. I didn't. Axel and Blaze. I didn't and know I... what would happen to my brain when the video games began. <laughs> I knew. That was, that was like two years after that I started playing video games. Mm-hmm. And just fucked me up from then on there. Just really fucked me up, dude still like there's no recovery no recovery yeah 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 Yeah, you've i've seen the the effects i've seen the yeah yeah we've all seen the effects now number two on here uh is evil dead the game has been fucking delayed oh no they came for you jesus christ jesus lord Developed by Saber Interactive and Boss Team Games, the multiplayer adaptation of Bruce Campbell's Chin has been delayed to February 2022. (sighs) On the game's official Twitter, the dev wrote, quote, Hey, groovy gamers. (laughs) (laughs) We're targeting a new release date to give the team some extra time for polish and to ensure this is the ultimate Evil Dead experience you're all waiting for. This additional time is also allowing us to implement a single-player option that will let you enjoy the game when you are without your co-op compadres. They, oh. they just use a lot of good a lot of good Ash quotes I mean, here. I appreciate that. They said groovy and compadres. It's, it's like they know they know the source material. Did Bruce Campbell write that tweet? He might have. <laughs> he might have hit the draft. But um, this makes me sad, but also glad. Mm -hmm. One, I probably would have been far less interested if there wasn't some sort of solo component to the game Mm -hmm. or like the ability to play without having to go straight up multiplayer. I actually hate when games do that, where it's like Mm -hmm. it's always this online functional game, but you can't play it by yourself offline. It's true. It does fucking suck. And developers need to know it fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. I I, I like that there's going to be this component to it. I'm sad about the delay, though. I really wanted this game. I was very excited. I was Mm -hmm. probably the most excited person on Earth. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> for been writing it on the walls. Dude, I was watching, like, a kind of funny episode, and Greg Miller was like, who the fuck cares about Evil Dead? And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck your face. You think Friday the 13th is anything? That game's dead in the goddamn water where it belongs. Evil Dead is the true king, baby. Hail to the king. It's weird <laughs> for that statement to come from him, because I think he vouched really hard for World War Z. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a great game. So it's just like, well, that's Saber Interactive, yeah. so why wouldn't you have the same confidence and, and faith in this? It's because nobody, like, I, I think out of, like, the grand spectrum of, like, you know, horror ip evil dead is not like the top of that roost yeah to be honest and that's why people are like who cares about evil dead with a three season (laughs) series what four movies Mm. like a recent reboot movie like it still feels like it's under the radar for a lot of people it's yeah it's such a strange thing it's never really broke like it's it's popular it has a very uh fervent kind of fan base myself Mm. included but yeah it's, it's just never really fucking crushed it on the level as um you know, your your Jasons or your fucking Freddies or mm-hmm. what have you. It's sad, though, because it's great. It's amazing. 
But yeah, I hope they get this right. This game looks really fucking neat. The one thing that I would be sad about is if, if it was just like a Dead by Daylight clone, because mm-hmm. I want more horror RP to not be Dead by Daylight, to be mm-hmm. honest, because I'm just not attracted to those um, those kind of mechanics, asymmetrical yeah. shit, right? So, But this one seemed like it was more PvE than anything, mm-hmm. than it was just like a straight up like PvP situation, so that's what had me intrigued yeah. on it. No, I'm into that idea a lot, and there's a lot of cool melee options, it seems. Yes. And gunplay. So, like, do that gameplay marriage, like, in a sound way. Like, that's my thing with the game. Like, it just has to play well for me to, like, really kind of, like, want to stick with it. And if the gameplay loop is satisfying, too, if it's a good leveling system not based on weird cards, then, you know, I'll probably like it. Don't give me the fucking card (laughs) progressions. What the fuck? I hate card games. I'm such a particular person. I understand this. No, we all are. I do get this. It's okay. But, like, these are the things that I want thrown out. (laughs) I don't want that in my game. (laughs) It's it's just a bummer because, like, we had this slate of, like, kind of really cool multiplayer horror based games coming up like through the the fall basically yeah. like back for blood evil dead and then aliens fire team like kind mm-hmm. of was like oh damn we got a, like a good variety of like shooters yeah and then we lost one mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other one has a stupid card system and aliens is apparently bad yeah <laughs> so fuck fuck this year dying light 2 is gonna be the one that saves horror <laughs> this year it's gonna but it's like a christmas treat because it's coming out december We'll see. It's so late in the year. Could get delayed. I don't know. That's, well, the, that's the thing. Like, nothing is safe still in this COVID landscape, and things are getting delayed left and right. That's you know, that really brings me to my next situation mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, I was going to transition, but... Were you transitioning? I was going to try wanna, and do Do you want to finish it? No, it's okay. You got that. Number three on here, speaking of fucking delays, Horizon Forbidden... We- well, first of all, Power to you guys for delaying it. Get that polish going. I hope that doesn't mean crunch for the team. If it Mm. does, go fuck yourselves. Now, number three. Horizon Forbidden West is reportedly delayed to next year, too. Jeff Grubsnacks Grub first mentioned the delay on the Giant Bomb podcast because he apparently has a sixth sense for video game news. I I don't know why he does that. but What is his job? To know. (laughs) (laughs) He's just the knower. (laughs) Like, you have these two people in in games media who, like, their jobs aren't really well defined. It's him and Jeff Keighley. And I'm like, what do they actually do? (laughs) They just know stuff, dude. They know people, they know names, and they they repeat them. (laughs) Hey, man, to doubt Jeff Grubb is to invite Mm. ruin. So we, we need to just stick by his word. And that word is, COVID-19 has hit Sony's development pipelines harder than a red state. This has already resulted in a delay to God of War Ragnarok, which isn't the official name, but fuck the fuck off, and now has reportedly delayed Horizon's sequel to Q1 2022. Back in June, Herman Holstenator said on the PlayStation blog, quote, for Horizon, we think we're on track to release this holiday season, but uh, that isn't quite certain yet, and we're working as hard as we can to confirm that to you as soon as we can, end quote. Hmm. So Sony hasn't said shit yet, but it sounds like that's pretty much a foregone thing, which brings up the big question I wanted to ask you, because I literally don't fucking know. What does that leave Sony for fall? That's an interesting question. It's a lot of, like, second and third party stuff. So, like, they still have Deathloop coming out. Oh, that's Um, right. Okay. I know there was a big, like, Annapurna showcase. um, And I think... Yeah, Stray. And then... Kina Bridge of Spirits had an announcement kind of around that that said that that's getting pushed to 2022 as well. Really? Yeah. Damn. I know. It's 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 kind of rough. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing to think. I mean, well, not amazing. It's just like literally um, 
uh, arithmetic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID plus development pipeline equals delay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see like plans just kind of erode in real time. Like we saw a lot of it last year, but it's still going on throughout this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those hints, Daniel, that we're not out of the pandemic. No. You know? There's this thing called the Delta variant. It's funny, but people are acting like we are out of the pandemic. <laughs> so maybe if everyone didn't act like we're out of the pandemic, we would get out of the pandemic. One of my favorite songs, this this came up in April of 2020. Uh, the lyric was, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. <laughs> and that... I sing that to myself at least once a day in bed as I'm scrolling, doom scrolling through Twitter and just seeing stupid people talk about, you know, how they're never going to get vaccinated and they would never put something strange and foreign in their body. God uh. damn it. You drink Mountain Dew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like you put weird shit in your body you all the time. Fuel. <laughs> Come on, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Wait, who's, who sung that lyric, by the way? It was so it was like an audio thing that was on TikTok and then it just got used as a, like a backtrack for like a lot of different videos. But Oh, I bet you the record companies love that. Yeah. <laughs> when, when their music gets disseminated across social media and nobody knows where it originated from. That's exactly why they love DMCAs. So yeah, no, we're very much still in the middle of this pandemic machine and like in some cases like it it's getting better and in other cases it feels like it's still March twenty twenty. Um, I know Lollapalooza last weekend was probably a huge setback for us. That still happens. <laughs> that that happened. Yeah. All right. Cute. Um, I do respect and appreciate that a lot of businesses out in Seattle now actually require that you have your vaccination cards yeah, with them bitch. or they won't let you in. Um, or if you don't have it, you have to have like a negative test, uh, a negative COVID test of like the last 72 hours. So it's like... Places are trying, but, Mm. like, there is the kind of ever-looming fear that, like, maybe we'll go into another lockdown state, but we'll see. It's very interesting that the same um, entitlement that we've seen destroy our favorite spaces, such as gaming, and I will Mm. kill all the gamers, is also uh, destroying our uh, world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But people have Um, no sense of um, perspective with it either, and they're just like, oh, this game's getting delayed for no reason. Fuck. Fuck Sony. Right, right. And it's... There's just so many elements right now, right? Like, people are probably worked to the bone right now. People are still stressed out. Their teams are probably in flux. And there's probably just been work-from-home setbacks on top of other things as well. Um, I know they really want to get Horizon Forbidden West right. And I don't blame them because that's, like, one of their tentpole uh, franchises right now, which is crazy to even call Horizon a franchise. But it is. It's Mm -hmm. one of their their flag runners. Like, Aloy is a huge mascot for, for Sony. And yeah, I don't blame them for wanting to just get it perfect, right? And I'm sure it'll even launch, and there'll be patches, and there's going to be bugs, but, like, Sony has kind of a level and quality seal of Hermit approval that, like, I feel like they won't give up on. Yeah. So it's like, they won't put it out until it's, like, damn near perfect. For sure. As for the rest of the calendar year for Sony, yeah, it's looking pretty thin, but, like, Sony's always kind of stayed afloat with, like, second and third-party support, and, I mean, they've got a lot of new indies coming, right? Like I said, Hades is coming out next week. Um, they have Solar Ash, which is still coming out. Now, granted, these aren't, like, system sellers. Like, I think Horizon is going to be a pretty... Horizon and God of War are probably going to be really big system sellers for them, like, once they do get out. But even still, like, we just got news that the PlayStation 5 shipped 10 million units. It's one of the fastest selling consoles in a launch window, like, ever. So, like, it's still doing numbers, despite, like, kind of a a minimal library at this point. So you're telling me 
like nine million units of that are from scalpers at least right? at least like that's gotta yeah, be maybe what like it is maybe six million i told you i tried to get a series x this week mm-hmm. and i was fucking like waiting on the walmart like cart like it said like at, at noon today we'll have units available mm-hmm. and i was just like refreshing the page every like fucking second like from like eleven fifty eight until like 12 and within six seconds it was sold out damn yeah like the moment that's that like rough. the button was there when i press it it goes something went wrong <laughs> i was like what wow. holy shit yeah so it, it's still aggressive out there right now mm. i'm sure the same's happening for playstation 5 it sucks um i i want these systems to be more available mm-hmm. i guess because i feel like uh, we're gonna run into the situation where the first few years of these new consoles are gonna feel very kind of stunted because there's gonna be just because of like the lack of access that people have to them they're gonna mm-hmm. do things like those two games that you mentioned as system sellers they're also on ps4 so oh, true. there's yeah. a lot less impetus for people to like go towards a PlayStation 5 when it's like, well, I already have this and it fucking sucks to try to get a PS5. So mm-hmm. I'll just pick it up on this system. And then it's like, OK, well, then Sony's going to have to continue developing games that think of two generations instead of one. And, and therefore keep setting them back. Yeah, and it's going to be this whole thing. And we never get to that. We, it'll take quite some years to get to that pinnacle of like, this is definitely a PS5 game through and through. You mm-hmm. know, things like Ratchet and Clank are like a preview of how we can build out games with interesting mechanics and shit. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think we've definitely gotten it already, like, to, to, okay, so, yes, these two huge AAA titles pushed into 2022, we don't even really know when God of War is happening at this point, because there's so little known about it, down to the name, really, but I think, and you can definitely let me know how you feel about this, but in, like, the last nine months of the PlayStation 5 being out, I think they've come out with a very solid lineup of, like, launch games, like, looking at Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Demon Souls, um, Ratchet and Clank and Returnal. Those are fucking powerhouse games that like sure. really push the hardware. And would you recommend that somebody get a PS5 because of that lineup? Is that like enough? I think so. Okay. I th- yeah, I think that those games make a very good, compelling case for why you should pick up a PS5. Mm-hmm. And then obviously all the other stuff it's doing right now in terms of like you know backwards support. Uh, well. That's a tough one because, like, I feel like some of the backwards compatibility and then forwards compatibility of like the PS5 upgrades is still really poorly done. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still like there's a large library, not like Game Pass large, but like there is the PlayStation Hits collection where you could play those 20 PlayStation 4 games. You can pop in any PS4 discs, so like there's still like stuff to play on it. Sure. But the games that are PS5 exclusive, fuck yeah, I would go to bat for all of those. I, I I land a little bit different on that, and like I have the system and I love most if not all of those games Mm -hmm. i don't think that five or six games is enough to convince general audiences to pick up an entirely different console and i don't think it should be i think that lineup should look like honestly if you wanted bench depth it should look like something about 10 to 30 fucking titles that really like resonate with people yeah but you're never gonna get that like in a launch year but we're also my point is we also feel like we're further away from that idea of getting that like healthy of a of a lineup because of these okay, delays and all everything. that shit. So it's 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 difficult because I honestly can't recommend somebody to pick up a PS5 right now. I can't. I, I just don't think there's a lot of point because you know what I spend my time doing? Playing mm-hmm. PS4 games sure. all the fucking time. <laughs> but here's, here's my counter to it. Yeah. And I know people are going to be like, oh, that's stupid, right? But I think the I PS5 say makes... And the PS5 and the Xbox Series X make more compelling cases to have these consoles bought than in previous years where like i look back at the ps4's launch lineup for that first year really weak 
It was a lot of, like, Ubisoft games, third-party support, and, like, again, that's how they bolster the library, but, like, there wasn't anything that screamed, like, this is a PS4 exclusive title that you need to have until, like, Mm. two years in. Same with the PS3, really. Like, a lot of their systems build momentum over time. The fact that, like, you could have somebody... And I'll, I'll pull my uncle in as an example, um, who, like, never had a PlayStation before, right? Call him right now? Has, I'll, I'll fucking get him online. <laughs> get him Bought a PS5, and, like, sure, he played through, like, uh, a few PS5-type exclusives, but a lot of what he's been doing is now going back and playing PS4 games that he hasn't been able to play before. Right. So I think it's more of a... I think it's more of an evergreen prospect for somebody who maybe didn't have a PS4. People like you and I... Yeah, it's a prospect because we like the tech set of it. We like the some of the feature set upgrades. We hate the tile system for the uh, the trophies, which they're changing, luckily. But oh. the just the those first party games that demand you play it on PS Five, I think that still calls to people like us. So hmm. it's it's a nuanced argument, and it's also like I can't blame somebody for not wanting to spend five hundred dollars on a console in the middle of a pandemic. But mm-hmm. you know, right? People do it all the time. So fair enough. I do agree that. I think PS5 has a better lineup of uh, launch lineup than PS4 does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 <laughs> that's what it is. Because like we're all, you also have to count like if you add the third party titles that have PS5 upgrade versions, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, fuck Call of Duty, but it, that was there, mm-hmm. and um, Mortal Kombat, uh, fuck Ubisoft, but Neo Assassin's 2. Creed was on there. Yeah, Assassin's yeah, yeah. Creed. Like- yeah, there's some solid shit. I agree with that. I don't know if it's enough, especially since it's not easy to get one either. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think the fight is worth it right now. Sure. Now, if Horizon and all that shit was out, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you got to go fucking kick down some doors, get a PS5. We got to round up these scalpers, Robocop style, Mm -hmm. and say, I'm the long arm of the robot law. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it launching with a Spider-Man game was pretty awesome. Pretty ballsy. Yeah. Pretty ballsy move. (laughs) I love those spider balls all over my face. (laughs) Fucking, they really went hard with that. God, what a good game. What a great game. I like that game a lot. Anyway. The Future, number four. Dead Space aiming for fall 2022 release. Can you can we just go to sleep until 2022? <laughs> like fuck the rest of this year. They're trying to tell me that the rest of this year is not worth being a part of. Mm. Okay? Like just let me hire not. We got War for Wakanda next week. Oh, that's true. I'm back in, baby. <laughs> we got I'm back. Wake me up. Come on, <laughs> Pull man. me out of the cryos. <laughs> I'm going to play. <laughs> so according to Games Beat, EA Motive's Dead Space Wait, Games Beat that's Jeff Grubb again, buddy. <laughs> I Yay! knew it. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Come oh, on, Jeffrey Grubbery. Anyway, EA Motive is aiming to release the Dead Space remake by fall of next year. This, of course, isn't locked in, and EA has refused to confirm or deny, but they did say they're excited, uh, or they're glad that people are excited about the game. Now, since this isn't substantial news whatsoever, here's a different tidbit. Thanks to the SSDs and next-gen consoles, the development team has converted the remake into a single-shot experience without any loading times, similar to 2018's God of War. EA Motive says you can play the whole game from start screen to credits without interruption. Unless you die, you're fucked. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to die a bunch. And I could play any game start to finish without interruption. It's called being a gamer. (laughs) Wait a second. You can't be a gamer. I kill all gamers. I just exposed myself. All right, let me call up uh, Manspace. (laughs) (laughs) We got a gamer on the scene. We need to expunge him. (laughs) We got to get him the fuck out of here. Um, That's cool. I think that'd be interesting. I like to see that this remake is harnessing uh, next gen. Mm -hmm. I was just complaining um, one our uh, news bit ago about how <laughs> games wouldn't <laughs> do that for a while but at least third-party games are yeah. that's cool yeah. um yeah that is interesting that ea is not like oh yeah well this is on ps4 and xbox no they're like this is a next-gen ass mm. game 
I think that makes it a, a bigger selling point for me, mm-hmm. honestly, that like they're building this from ground up with the idea that this is going to use solid state drives. They're going to apparently even throw out content that didn't work from the, the original game. game. Yeah. So this this remake is um, it's definitely it's interesting. It's very interesting to me in that it's not going to be like such a fucking like genre push as Resident Evil 2 was to its original, like mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, this just plays completely differently Mm -hmm. but at least they're coming in there with the idea of like we're gonna improve on this experience to make it like fucking solid as shit right um a little arrogant (laughs) if you if you want to like argue that like artistic products can be improved on um i remember seeing that argument online going like wait really you think like because they they wrote in one of their press releases that they're gonna improve the story and they're like yeah you're gonna improve a story brother Hmm, interesting it very much product sizes or whatever it is like the thing rather than saying that like oh dead space the original is fucking you know it's Mm -hmm. like a combination of creative efforts to make this cool thing and it's like fuck that creativity it sucks now yeah we're gonna make the (laughs) biggest better dead space we ever could i get it like the the, isaac clark's gonna fuck in this game the verbiage is weird but i feel like it, it puts like a fucking like magnifying glass on the fact that these are commercial products and not fucking like you know beethoven symphonies or or like you know paintings i guess (laughs) <laughs> it's just weird to compete with your yeah. own franchise. Right. Like, to put that thought in people's mind of like, yeah, we're going to, the story is going to be bigger and better than ever before. Right. Like, eh. We're going to make a better Dead Space. It's kind of like diminutive, but. <laughs> That's I, what I'm, yeah. Like, I get what they're trying to say, but it's EA, so they say it with a fucking forked tongue every time they say anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. But 2022, fall of 2022, if they can make it happen, I think that's the perfect like time for them i think so too it's great um i don't remember when the original dead space came out but dead space 2 and dead space 3 were like january games dead space 1 i remember being like more october but then again i i think that every horror game comes out in october i'll look it up though yeah dead Um, space release i'm entirely excited about the concept of it being a single shot (sighs) continuous camera pull October 14th, 2008 okay original cool right in the eyes of spooky time you know what they should do October 14th, 2022. Shit. There we go. There we go. There we go. Bring it Fucking home. Bring it home. 40 years after the original came out. Nice. What would it be, 13 years? Uh, sure. 13 years after the original. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You're not good with math. You're good with writing and everything else. Yeah. And you're handsome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, we I'm, all need that every once in a while. I'm still... I need nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I need this game. <laughs> Get those cards out of Back for Blood. It just pisses me off. It's stupid. What, are they going to put cards in this game? Okay. You think I need a card system? Sorry, do you want to think I'm going to play fucking Tetra or whatever the fuck in this? <laughs> what was it called? Tetra, Tetra Mistress from Final Fantasy? What? Oh, Tetra Master? Tetra Master? Tetra Mistress. Get your Tetra Mistress out of this Fuck shit. your favorite Final Fantasy hunties. <laughs> you want to level up? Mistress. You better beat me at Gwent. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, this makes me so mad. <laughs> so, we've talked about the Dead Space remake yep. across like the last Ad three nauseum. episodes. Just at this release point. it now. I've got a lot of thoughts on it. You know what they are. Um, yeah, yeah. I had actually said I kind of wanted them to do something a bit different with the overall, like, um narrative and camera framing i i wouldn't mind if they still did the hard like third person over the shoulder aspect of it but the idea of it like being kind of on a tight like camera flow 
I think leaves it open for like some really cool cinematic like horror moments and less pipeline, like I said, like stupid jump scares. Like, oh, mm-hmm. a vent just made a noise, so that's supposed to scare me, right? No, I right. think they could really build up to bigger like horror moments, which will be really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, also, while playing with atmosphere and stuff like that, because like it's gonna feel heavy. You're gonna be like slowly plotting through environments. Like if they can get the lighting right and the sound design right, like it's just gonna be a, a perfect medley of, of spooky elements so a medley of spooks yeah give it to me wow big old cauldron of horror i'm excited make isaac talk don't 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 fucking <laughs> don't like that i will agree with you you've improved the story if you can mm. make him talk this time all right that's what i liked about bar two he's actual character not fucking silent man in his silent suit so here's the thing i've been doing lately not talking speaking of <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've actually been taking vows of silence just because i'm so burnt out yeah um, I've been writing fan fiction on the side. Um, oh wow! Inspired by Halo. Wh- and wait. In this world, Isaac Clark has an exosuit that jerks him off, <laughs> and I think that would be the perfect wow. feature for this remake. You could really like accentuate it with the dual sense. Okay. Where it's like if you and it would really only happen when his health is really low. Right? So, like, oh, you're low. If you maybe crouch for a little bit, you feel a little bit of rumbling in the lower part of the controller because it starts, like, to vibrate. And it's like, oh, he's getting jerked off now. And then his health slowly regenerates a little bit. And then he's back for the fight. You know, if you would have told me back when the PS3 came out that the DualShock 3, uh, well, it was actually started as a six-axis, would be capable of simulating the feeling of a man ejaculating... (laughs) I would have laughed. I didn't say he would ejaculate. I would have laughed. Oh, he has to ejaculate. <laughs> but the dual sense, I'm actually pretty confident that the dual sense can pull off the feeling of ejaculation. You know? Because, like, remember in Returnal, it could do, like, the rain? <laughs> yeah. Imagine just the force of cum. Of spray across, like... <laughs> and then, like, because it's, like, it'll do the hard fountain spray first, and then, like, the little drippy drops towards the end where it's, like... Ooh. Oh, dude, so depending on how hard and fast yeah. that the suit jacks them off, you feel different evulsions. Evulsions. Right? Yeah. That, oh man, so the drip feed and then the, the actual, uh, I like to call it the long shot. <laughs> These, so this is all speculation yeah. from my, my brain and fan fiction. Right. We won't know until Jeff Grubb leaks it. <laughs> leaks it? <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Coming soon. Uh, you better spray it, Jeff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Coming soon. Well, we got another one on here. We got a number five and a number six, so let's like This one's less... Hard fun mm-hmm. actually both of these are yep. incredibly unfun they're kind of like pickup points from our last episode talking sure. about like the blizzard stuff and how fucked the industry is in terms of like corporate abuse and harassment and just you know treatment of, of people in general so. industry is going through kind of a uh how would you say a reckoning mm-hmm. at this moment a much needed and long-awaited reckoning and it's interesting i think we talked about in the last episode a lot of people are seem to be surprised at these revelations, whereas uh, most victims that are not coincidentally women are saying, this is not a surprise. This has always been here. Here's another one that's always been here. Number five, Steve Gaynor has stepped back from Fulbright due to his scumbaggery. Now, Steve Gaynor, co-founder of Fulbright, the studio that made Gone Home and Tacoma, has stepped down as creative lead on their next game, Open Roads. This was announced through the game's Twitter and caused some confusion until minutes later. Polygon released an article titled, quote, How the Founder's Toxic Culture Tore Apart Fulbright, the studio behind Gone Home, end quote. The report stated 15 employees have left the studio since 2019, which was the beginning of Open Roads development, mm-hmm. 12 of which cited Gaynor's behavior toward women on the team as being part of why they left. 
unsurprisingly, 10 of those 12 were women. And the Polygon report was just as unsurprising to Fulbright as Gaynor's role had already been reduced in March due to a, quote, pattern of women leaving, end quote. Now, this is from the article, quote, These former employees said they did not experience or witness sexual harassment or explicit sexism. Instead, they said, the studio's toxic culture hid behind the veneer of inclusivity, as women were allegedly repeatedly broken down by microaggressions, end quote. The report covers employee anecdotes that paint Gaynor as a churlish, demeaning presence during the game's development. One of his favorite tactics was to openly laugh at employees' ideas during meetings as a way of overruling them. Micromanagement was cited as a source of frustration as creative decisions needed to be funneled through Gaynor. Gaynor was said to deride and discredit contributions from female staffers in particular. One former employee said, quote, This is going to sound like a joke, but I'm completely serious. Working for him often felt like working for a high school mean girl, end quote. Gaynor has since issued an apology for his hurtful management style and has stepped back from the team to learn how to better work with the team, or some bullshit. Currently, he's still a contributing writer on the game, which ironically focuses on the relationship between a mother and daughter. Yeah, probably not the best uh, subject matter expert uh, to have on that, huh? Two other side things on this, with Steve Gaynor having been, like, a founding member of uh, Fulbright, he had his handle set as, like, kind of the go-to handle for the studio, and he was actually asked to change it. Yep. Um, So that's one aspect where, like, they obviously do not want him to be the sole torchbearer or representation of the studio anymore, Mm -hmm. and I I can obviously agree with that. Um, And then here's a second thing on here that a lot of people... They're not happy with it, um, but it was actually a tweet from the Open Roads team um, about the situation, and they just feel like it didn't dive hard into any of it enough, and it's just a blanket statement slash apology. But here it is. They tweeted this. It is, We are a small team passionate about making an inclusive, poignant, story-driven game that gives players a feeling of discovery. We care deeply about creating games that have a positive impact. We are also fervent believers in fostering a work environment that is healthy, that is healthy and collaborative, where we can work with transparency, autonomy, and trust. That part right there, the healthy and collaborative part, kind of struck a nerve with a lot of people, especially because Steve Gaynor is still part of the team. Correct. uh, And then the second part here is, as such, Fulbright's co-founder, Steve Gaynor, has stepped back from his role as creative lead and manager and transitioned his role as a writer, handing off day-to-day responsibilities to the team to complete open roads. We're all excited by how the game is shaped up, and we hope you'll follow along as we continue to share our progress. So, yeah, this is... Are you surprised by this at all? Because, I mean, I think you followed Steve Gaynor's career a bit more closely than I do. Um, But my thing here is, like... I am no longer shocked anymore by anything. Nope. Like I, at this point, like I could be no longer surprised because I'm always under the assumption that somebody is an asshole and <laughs> we just don't know about it. Yeah, I think um, we're in a very uh, to use a not a great I guess euphemism here is uh, we're in a kill your idols kind of era right mm. now, which is uh, another way of saying I don't think you should idolize individuals like this. I think a big part of gainers obvious ego mm-hmm. that kind of led to him being this way is that there is this idea of authorship in video gaming fostered by individuals such as Ken Levine and um, Hideo Kojima mm-hmm. as like, wow, here's this central genius that makes all of the decisions that I am playing rather than fully recognizing that video games are a collaborative effort across uh, could be dozens to hundreds of people mm-hmm. working on a project. And that almost diminishes their contribution to it too. 
and it's, I, it's not just limited to video games either like oh, we yeah, see it in, yeah. in cinema as well with like somebody right. like quentin tarantino where it's like he's this cinematic auteur but like right. again like it might say a film by quentin tarantino but like there's so many other moving parts that make it better than just him mm-hmm. so. and so yeah it gives this false impression that it's like oh well steve Gaynor made this game through mm-hmm. and through right every choice everything he did and it seemed like he tried to fill that role by making sure that every decision that the team made was funneled through him in some way or another, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not great, <laughs> right? It, it doesn't, it, well, honestly, it doesn't support the idea of collaboration. Mm-mm. And the fact that uh, he also would create this kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing, right? Because I saw online... A lot of responses to this, uh, unfortunately, are people going like, oh, well, he didn't, like, hurt anybody. He didn't harass anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not like the other yeah. guys. It's not he, like the Blizzard situation. He didn't rape right? anybody. He didn't sexually assault anybody. Correct. Um, and I got to tell you, I think there is a very large cohort of men in particular out there that will never cross the line, basically. Mm-hmm. They won't. But they'll sure as fuck kick hands across it mm-hmm. their entire lives, right? They'll get so close, but they'll never have enough for you to be like, oh, time to fucking throw them away, right? And I really want to kind of impart this idea that there's more of these men out there than you think. Mm-hmm. There's more of people like that than you think, right? They know better than to play grab ass or do what have you, right? But they're still just a toxic, and they're still creating these these ecosystems that are unbearable and mm-hmm. unfair. That was what was happening. Could you imagine having your ideas laughed at in front of a group like that? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. That's unprofessional. That just because you think yourself a hotshot auteur that made uh, the walking sim genre, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you get to treat people like shit. It's such an easy thing to think that, that we should hold our leaders accountable. Mm-hmm. In fact, the higher up the chain you get, Better you gotta be, mm-hmm. right? Because you're affecting more and more lives in a position like that. Yeah. Um, so. I saw a few people come at it with this, too, where that sort of behavior kicking the line, and it came from people that work there and then people who are also in the industry, that basically said these are the sort of behaviors that are red flag behaviors that lead to the, the worser things, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, well, he's doing this now, but like, how long until he jumps over that line and does something that like he can't come back from, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's completely, and it, it's, there's a delineation, right? Cause like he is an asshole. This is not like leadership behavior. This is not how you build a inclusive collaborative environment. It's not, it's how you alienate and lose people. And it's just not, not a good way, to, good way to lead. And if this is how you're going to helm your team, you probably shouldn't have a team that you're responsible for. Yeah. A lot, <laughs> a lot of people are like, well, so what? Everyone's got an asshole boss. Um, I submit that mm-hmm. you shouldn't have a boss that's an asshole Mm -hmm. somebody like that should not be put into a leadership position because they're not fit to lead Mm -hmm. somebody who treated people like this made them feel like shit diminished their contributions their work Mm -hmm. and especially toward women which hey that's a pattern buddy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you got some personal thing that you're working through that has no place in a collaborative environment Mm -hmm. like that i don't give a fuck that you made gone home i love gone home i think that's an amazing game i think Mm -hmm. it's an important game Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean he gets to use that as a shield for the way that he acted. So mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of a little confused why he's around at all. Um, yeah. Fucking go dark. Yeah. Basically. The fact that he's still working on the team, still putting out this game. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like, this is going to be his last effort and then maybe they'll kick him off the project. Right. But like, he doesn't belong on that writing staff anymore. 
No, yeah, I feel like this, yeah, he should just totally be removed from the project. Like, I get that he's a founding member of that studio, and this is a project that he helped, like, kind of push forward. And maybe, like, maybe there's just been so much attrition across, like, all these people leaving, right? That, like, there's so few of them there. Like, they're an indie studio, right? They're not a fucking, like, 100-person, like, AAA studio. So, like, maybe there's really no one left. I'm surprised that you even still have some of the talent on the game, like Carrie Russell's in the game, right? Like, and mm-hmm. one of the the leads from Booksmart is in it too. And it's just like, I, I, I feel like I would want to divorce myself from some of that. I could but, imagine, I mean, them not knowing, maybe mm-hmm. not knowing, but also not being a part of the project in that capacity where mm-hmm. it's like, it's different. Like I don't expect, um, you know, voice actors, for instance, to be a part of the day to day of a game's development as far as like, Hey, I'm going to be here for the recording sessions and whatnot. So I they mean, may not have had as many interactions with this person. I would say in this capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you look at games like the last of us part two, right. Where like Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker are integral to the development process. Right. Mm-hmm. And you look at like God of war, right? Like the, there's just like i think it's especially like on a larger scale with a lot of these projects like some of the voice actors do step into like producer roles right i I obviously don't think it's happening here but Mm -hmm. um it it is one of those things though where to to bring it back like i don't think you should be on the project anymore because a game that's about a relationship between two women mother and daughter mm, yeah I, i don't think we could live with this irony man (laughs) <laughs> no, and it's just like I don't think his voice or opinion matters on the on the subject if this is how you treat women and you hide behind the shield of inclusivity. Like I think that's that's bad. Like to just be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have all these like female led projects, but I'm also gonna be the mean girl in the room, like tearing them down and laughing at their ideas and taking credit for stuff. Like, no, mm-hmm. dude, no. Yeah, we don't we don't need an egotist yeah. uh in that. I, I feel like uh that that kind of behavior should be just completely stamped out. And mm. there's a lot of it in different studios. Somebody who thinks that they're the fucking, they're the hot shot. Mm. They're, they're the one that's like really driving forward these projects. And I'm like, no, actually it's all the people involved, right? Mm. <laughs> it's everyone. It is a communal effort to create these pieces of art. Cause, uh, or on the flip side, try making them by yourself, Steve, see what mm. happens. <laughs> See how long it takes you to fucking make open roads completely by yourself. Oh, it turns out you needed those people that you were belittling. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, I I, 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 I like Steve before this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I used to follow his account. Yeah, it was totally weird that Fulbright account was him. Mm-hmm. That's a weird, that shouldn't happen, right? Unless you're a one-man developer, that mm-hmm. shouldn't be a thing. And I get like the studio was him and a few people for a while. And like he was the core of that studio, it right? Grew. Like, and that's it the thing, it, it grew. And at that point, like you're not the decision in every process anymore. Yeah. The team is more than just you. And then Annapurna's money's tied up into this too, right? Like yeah. they, they're apparently heavily involved with this too. And they've heard about all these allegations and we're trying to like fix things and mm-hmm. what have you. I don't know what, their involvement with that but the article did call out that they they knew about this mm-hmm. and it was a, like definitely an immediate situation where we're like okay wait <laughs> we need the course correct right so credit to them there but no credit for the fact that he's still there mm-hmm. but i guess like you said though it gets complicated because this dude's like the co-founder of this like mm-hmm. how do you how do you oust a co-founder for something that i don't think it's like a publicly traded company or anything mm-hmm. i don't think it's on the level of a triple a dev i, I no. don't know what that's like right uh, you buy him out you buy them out. Yeah. Don't fuck off. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think back to the very simple, well, it's not simple, but like to, I think back to the situation with Kind of Funny, right? And Colin Moriarty where that, there was a tweet one out and there was obviously a difference of opinions, totally different landscape, right? But <laughs> ju- the, the idea that like, okay, they're just going to buy him out and he's going to go his separate way, right? Like right. I think it should be handled very separately where it's like, all right, cool. We'll give you what we think your share of this company is. Maybe it'll be like, you know, a couple million 
and then you go off and do your own thing. Like we can't have you associated with this anymore because you, your actions don't align with our values. And mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. And the fact that they are even leaving them on, like it's befuddling. Cause it's like, you don't need them there for it. Like it doesn't matter. You could literally have somebody come in and write the project. Sure. I don't think his voice is that important for it. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't, I don't know how much, how deeply ingrained in it he is. Right. And especially if, like I said before, there's so few people left, you know, at this point, they probably just need to get the game out. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's a lot of trouble on the game side too, where it's like what we saw publicly is like definitely not what's happening behind the scenes. Like the game is like nowhere near being like a good mm-hmm. state to like release. And somebody mentioned like, uh, I think they gave a tentative release date of either like this year or next. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no way. That's like, no way yeah. this project's coming out or that soon. The best thing you could do, honestly, like, don't cancel it, delay it, kick them off the project, and then just restructure it. Sure. Like, yeah. come up with a whole new script for it if you need to. Yeah, at this but point. I know they're hiding behind the shield of like, oh, we're all work from home anyway right now, so he's writing from home, he's not even in the studio, and it's like, you're not even going to see him, but like, he still has to interact and collaborate on this project. In some way, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> like, uh, how much can you put him in the Steve box, right? Mm-hmm. Before it's just like, this doesn't work out, this is weird, this is the thing. Also, the whole, like, apparently he's working with like a management consultant to like improve his ways mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm just like yeah that's cool man I, I like that you're trying to better yourself yeah um i don't think we um i think the other part of holding people accountable is also allowing them to improve mm-hmm. and give them that space but i feel like this needs more space mm-hmm. <laughs> you know because all of it just doesn't feel right right now mm-hmm. you know maybe there maybe there's a future where steve gainer can be reintegrated with the fulbright studio mm-hmm. and it works i would i would reckon that i don't think he should be like top dog in mm-hmm. that situation it's definitely like hey making decisions alongside other people that also represent you know mm-hmm. uh the studio's best interest i don't know it's complicated right i know when we hear about these things, I know it's completely easy to be like, let's just fucking incinerate this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, <laughs> that's totally merited, especially sure. when we're going to get to Activision yeah. Blizzard. There's that's a lot of people that That's when be, it's time like, to fucking incinerate and fire. Yeah, right? burn yeah. down in that situation. Yeah, th- this this one just, it feels like, well, you're a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just a fucking asshole. <laughs> Go figure out how to not be an asshole. Um, but yeah, just take a bow right now. Yeah. I hate the narrative that, like, people in these situations, right, like, are not allowed to have redemption arcs, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, he needs to be shunned out of, like, the game space. And it's like, no, I think he needs to take a step back. I think he needs to, like, not be a part of the studio anymore. But, like, if he can rehabilitate and prove to be a person that is healthy to work with again, then, like, yeah, why not let him make games again, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's it's tough. It's complicated. It is. I think the, the, the... The from the hip response is to like, all right, time to fucking mm-hmm. tear this person yeah. down forever. Go work at a gas station, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I also do believe that people have and should be given enough of an opportunity to improve, mm-hmm. right? Or else, like, what the fuck is the point of mm-hmm. accountability? <laughs> exactly. You know. Besides just going like, you fucked up, ah, and then you pull a fucking lever and then they fall through the mm-hmm. universe forever. Is that what we want? That's what some people want, yeah. I mean, if you fucking hurt somebody. Yeah. No, exactly. somebody. Yeah. I it, might want that. <laughs> in this, it's like, yeah, you're probably very verbally abusive. And I mean, the accounts of people that like just totally had breakdowns while working and just yeah. like couldn't go back. And some of the testimonials, like it's, you know, it's, it's bad. It's, it's rough. It's yeah. like no matter... How we paint it, it's all horrible, right? Right. 
And now for something worse. Hmm. Continuation of what we talked about last week, the ongoing Activision Blizzard lawsuit with the state of California. That is correct. <laughs> nice little summary there. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of happenings with this. It seems like um, it's very reminiscent of uh, Activision Blizzard's uh, kind of uh, response to Blitzchung in that every day was something new. Do you, do you remember? I do. And now they found, like, this is, like, the fucking ultra version of that. Mm -hmm. Like, literally every fucking minute there's something new going on with Activision. There's more articles. There's more everything, right? Mm -hmm. And it's worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse as everything comes to light. Where Mm -hmm. it's just like, yo. A lot of people are at this point where it's like, can you even fucking salvage this? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's there's removing rot, and then there's admitting that the whole thing's rotten. Mm -hmm. And it seems like with Activision Blood, the whole fucking thing is rotten, Mm -hmm. right? So I've had to gather kind of a list um, with important dates to just be able to have my brain make sense of what's mm-hmm. going on all at once. But. Yeah, because technically at this point, like, we're two weeks removed from the last time we sat down and talked about yeah. this. And it's been just two weeks of, like, something new every day. It's been crazy. Yeah. So this is Activision Blizzard's no good, very bad two weeks, I guess. July 28th. <laughs> Activision Blizzard employees staged a walkout with the intent of getting leadership to work toward improving conditions for workers, especially women. Their list of demands included, one, an end to mandatory arbitration, which protects abusers and limits victims' ability to seek restitution. That's a very popular uh, thing for AAA game studios to use. I think Riot Games also had the mandatory Mm -hmm. uh, arbitration as well. Number two, the adoption of hiring and promotion policies that improve representation at the company. Uh, If that one doesn't make sense to you, very simply, uh, uh, women and people of color were passed over in promotions and hiring opportunities simply because they were a woman or a person of color. Mm -hmm. There you go. With with the number one part Mm -hmm. to the mandatory uh, arbitration and the the lawyers that are kind of provided by Activision Blizzard, I think they got to that point too where they're like, yeah, we don't want you to be able to pick your lawyers for this. Like, We want to actually be able to (laughs) pick somebody else for this because it's going to come at it with a a scope of... um, preferential treatment and the the employees are not going to win out no matter what so number three publication of relative compensation data for all employees to eliminate pay disparity this is not isolated to gaming this is corporate america's fucking problem Mm -hmm. basically every you know the whole thing where it's like don't don't tell any people your pay right it's just it just leads to problems right Mm -hmm. you just it's just a bad policy to do the only the leading reason that that is like a thing is so that corporations don't have to reveal the fact that they probably pay men more than mm-hmm. women or fucking are just fucking somebody over who has more talent and all that based off of whatever prejudice. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason that th- that's in- installed. We should live in a society where uh, when you're applying for a job, you know how much exactly they are offering for the position. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be one like of these taboo. like dancey taboo conversations that it's like, oh well, you know, you need to you need to figure that out when you get the offer or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That needs to be upfront, <laughs> right? That that's a big change, right? Because then corporations uh, can't uh, fuck you. And then secondly, is yeah, internally, I remember a lot of um, what people were saying is like, you want to help women in the workplace? Tell them how much you get paid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because th- these corporations don't want them to have that bartering chip mm-hmm. at all. But they should, because it's your time and value, Yeah, right? We need to completely throw away the idea that uh, it's a privilege to work for a company. 
It is a privilege for these companies to have you. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So, and the number four is they want to establish a DEI task force to audit reporting structure, HR, and executive staff in order to identify issues and provide solutions to prevent employee harassment. So, the corporation can't figure out what they like want. Mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard can't figure out like, oh, this is how we're going to fairly enforce things. No, no, no. You need an auditor to figure out. If that's actually going An towards unbiased third party. Uh-huh. Now, Bobby Kotick responded in a letter stating that swift change was coming and, quote, discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind, end quote, had no place at Activision Blizzard. He promised to review policies and procedures alongside the law firm Wilmer Hale, a law firm known as a union buster, the same that Amazon used when uh, the... Workers at the FC in Alabama mm-hmm. were trying to unionize. Yeah, as soon as people saw that name, what is it, Wilmer Hale? People Wilmer knew Hale. it wasn't going to go well. Yep. <laughs> what a great response, Kotick. You yeah. know, I got to tell you, <laughs> those smiles hide even more rows of teeth. I'm sorry, are we <laughs> under the impression that Bobby Kotek is a good person? <laughs> no, no, we're like, not. <laughs> Two years ago, we had an episode where we said, fuck Bobby Kotek. So it's just like, come on. Let's bring it on back. Fuck Bobby Kotek. Mm. He knew this was going Once on, more too. feeling. Fuck, fuck Bobby Kotek. There we go. We're going to move on to July 30th. The company's executive president of corporate affairs, Frances Townsend, has deleted her Twitter account in the face of the DFEH's lawsuit against the company for fostering a frat boy culture. Townsend decided to post a link to an Atlantic article titled, quote, the problem with whistleblowing, end quote. I got to tell you, probably a bad look. Yeah. Actually, her initial response was a bad look. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. That said that they were coming for big businesses. I know. When Activision Blizzard employees replied in dismay, the former Bush administration lackey blocked them. <laughs> oh, so yes. I actually didn't know that until this week that she worked for, like, what, counterterrorism? Homeland Security. Yeah, exactly. And she I'm was assistant like, to the president for damn. Homeland Security. So a lot of it's making sense now. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has been known in public circles as a torture apologist. And... The interrogation efforts around the uh, the early 2000s were bolstered because of this woman. Mm-hmm. She said, you're not interrogating hard enough, basically. <laughs> so, in response to the lawsuit's allegations, Townsend was one of the only executives that outright dismissed the claims as, quote, factually incorrect, old, and out of context, end quote. She was basically said, not my blizzard, is how mm. she responded to people's pain and suffering, very, very good. You know, she has some sort of pattern with this, apparently. <laughs> Even CEO Bobby Kotek called her response tone deaf. Can you imagine? <laughs> your boss said your response was fucking tone deaf. And we're talking about, like, fucking king tone deaf over here. She was the executive president of corporate affairs. Wow, yeah, I I don't think this woman should have been a a mouthpiece for the company at all. Probably not. <laughs> no, she's a relatively new hire, by the way. Mm. I think March twenty twenty one is when. Oh she wow! Was, oh yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> like so, less than six months ago. That's uh-huh. crazy. Fantastic. Okay, wow. Doing doing a fantastic job there. Now August third. <laughs> Let's move on to August third. J. Allen Brack stepped down as president of Blizzard Entertainment. Brack was one of the only individuals named in the DFEH lawsuit. What did that stand for again? Department for Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 
Uh, he is succeeded by both Jen O'Neill, previously head of Vicarious Visions, and Mikey Barra, formerly of Xbox. 19 years at Xbox, by the way. It's been suggested they were chosen due to being new to the company, which conveniently distances them, distances them from the years of reported abuse and mistreatment. We have a quote from the website. With their many years of in industry experience and deep commitment to integrity and inclusivity, Jen and Mike will lead Blizzard with care, compassion, and a dedication to excellence, which was said on the company's official website on a blog post. Now, mm. on... Well, let's stop for a second there. We have our first sacrificial lamb, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Jab has been thrown out. Jab, I think he took over for Mike Morhaime mm -hmm. in 2018, but he's also been a part of the executive team for years and years and years and years. Um, and is also, in the lawsuit, the allegations claim that he knew about the harassment that was occurring, especially when it came to certain other uh, members of the leadership team committing it, including that one man who I can't say, Alex... Afrabzi. I was actually just looking up his name. Afrabzi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he knew everything that was happening there and did nothing to stop it. Mm -hmm. um, some people paint him as kind of a sympathetic figure, somebody who was very driven and a believer of Blizzard Entertainment. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, he inherited problems from his uh, predecessor, mm -hmm. as well as just ineffectually dealt with those problems and the other hand as well mm -hmm. so i do like the fact that he is being replaced by two newer people mm -hmm. and i think in the, a situation like this where there's ongoing like allegations investigations and lawsuits going on i think you need two people maybe even three people honestly to have kind of a a board of checks and balances to make sure the company is moving forward in a very fair equitable and forward momentum way that's actually affecting change versus mm -hmm. another person coming in who's like i'm gonna do the right thing for blizzard and then maybe sits through the storm and then continues on with the old stuff like you do need people to just come out and really like restructure and have a new mm -hmm. uh, idea of what the company should be what's funny is in corporate structures there's favoritism towards having single threaded leaders mm -hmm. um it's easier to have a single person calling shots and yeah. making decisions at, rather than um, a group of people, which may cause for disagreement and misalignment. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that makes sense for what should the box art be versus mm -hmm. are we treating our, yeah. our associates equitably? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's that's a lot different. I think you need those checks and balances in situations like that. So I, actually, I agree that there should be two people back mm -hmm. and forth that are, you know, having these conversations and figuring out what's the direction, how to treat this company and where we're going. Right. That makes sense. At the same time though, it's very, I, I just think it's just such an obvious ploy to make sure that their stocks uh, continue to not plummet. Jay Allen Brack was named in this lawsuit mm -hmm. and that doesn't make investors feel good. It makes no. them uncomfortable. So they removed them to make them feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. This is one of those things where I feel like a lot of things are talked about and break in gaming that stay within the gaming space. Yep. This is something that's happening on such a large scale that like non-gaming sites are, are covering it. It's hitting Wall Street, like it's hitting yeah. like other markets and it's this big deal obviously because it's a public civil lawsuit at this point, but like yeah, they're they're feeling the heat of it. They're feeling the bad press and coverage of it. They're losing sponsorships left and right. They're losing ad endorsements and it's like it feels like they just had to do something quick on it mm -hmm. and great remove the head of the snake right like start with the problem but there's still so much more that needs to be done mm-hmm mm -hmm. <laughs> not an easy fix and then we also move on to august 7th 
The Washington Post released a new article titled, At Blizzard, Groping, Free-Flowing Booze, and Fear of Retaliation Tainted Magical or Magical Workplace, in which the publication spoke to 17 current and former employees about their experiences. Many confirmed that numerous abuses and harassment were reported to HR, but resulted in no action. I also forgot to mention the uh, head of HR at Blizzard just very quietly left. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> No comment there, huh? Nope. <laughs> just nothing, just nothing to say the there, door. friend. You know, uh, yeah, I, I've heard some just crazy shit coming out from these anecdotes as well. That article is kind of terrible as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a few things in between there too that we didn't really talk about. There were more deep divey, disgusting details about how like the head of IT was putting cameras underneath bathroom sinks that were pointing at the toilets in the women's bathroom. Yep. Uh, that's disgusting. That level of surveillance where you're actually breaching people's personal boundaries. Yeah, no, that's, that should have never happened. I don't even know how that flew. And then there's all the stuff with um, some of the, I don't actually know which staff members it was, but like the, the photos from like the Cosby room that they had. Oh yeah. The Cosby stuff. room was also th- the Cosby suite. The Cosby suite was uh, made a lot of news there. Um, there's pictures dating back to like 2010 of mm-hmm. all these like leaders of the company just sitting there with an actual portrait of Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Well, all the allegations and stuff were coming up against him. So it's just like, it, there's this trail of this was not a one-off thing. This was a deep-seated pattern that was perpetuated and allowed. Yep. So it was, it was definitely fostered and it was swept under the rug. In fact, the, this article uh, from the Washington Post talks about how, you know, one person who's actually in a leadership position was talking about how it seemed like this great place for creativity and they made leading games that everyone loved and it was renowned. Mm -hmm. But then underneath the surface were all of these problems and Mm -hmm. issues that continued to get swept under the rug because it didn't fit the narrative. It didn't fit the narrative of Blizzard being this magical company. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, man. There's so much shit in here, too. I'll I'll add this kind of to the, the end there about some of the the pulling of the sponsorships and ad endorsements. Um, This came out on Tuesday from Kotaku, Ari Notice. Activision Blizzard is losing Overwatch sponsors after lawsuit. T-Mobile, who is a big sponsor, uh, has been pulling support for Overwatch and Call of Duty League, so in the pro esports leagues there. Yeah, I mean, that's one tell of many more to come, where it's like, that shit's going to keep happening, where because it's happening on such a large scale and everybody knows about this. If a company, well, a company probably won't be okay with this sort of look that for a company that they're in partnership with, that they're going to pull endorsements. They're going to pull sponsorships. So it's a bad look for them right now. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it speaks to the integrity of those companies at all. I Mm -hmm. think it's, much like that cause and effect thing that uh, shareholders, for instance, in in the company Blizzard are just like, well, fucking get rid of the problem children that are named in these lawsuits so we mm-hmm. can continue making money. I think it's the same for these motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, just a numbers game. When bad press comes your way, get out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Um, here's one anecdote that I wanted to dis- or just kind of point out from the Washington Post article. It's, quote, Almost every woman I know of at Blizzard has a story of either actual, literal sexual assault that they were afraid to go to HR about, or a man with power over her, undermining her, and taking credit for her work, dismissing her, talking over her, being the last person to get promoted despite being eminently capable, end quote, said Jennifer Classing, a former World of Warcraft quest designer who left the company in October 2020. Quote, 
Almost every single woman I know that's been there longer than a year has at least one of these stories, end quote. So the other part of this is that um, Blizzard is, I can't even say it's an especially heinous example. It's just an example we know about. Mm -hmm. This is happening everywhere. And this is what women are trying to tell everyone. They're trying to tell men that they work with, men that they report to, that this is everywhere. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Every woman you know, in games or out of games, has been subjected to some level of sexual harassment, abuse, assault, anything. Mm -hmm. And it's a sad, plain fact, because men are terrible. People are terrible. (sighs) It's 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 a tough thing, right? It's like this thing where it's like well, we sit here and like, well, we know, right? But it's like I feel I want to do something, right? It's mm-hmm. hard to not feel yeah. like ineffectual. Like how do we how do we convince our cohorts that like this is important? And you shouldn't be this way, right? I, I think I was talking to somebody in my chat too. That was just like, well, how do I how do I talk to others like other men, you know, mm-hmm. or like especially in my family or friends without like bothering them or getting into an argument, right? And like, mm-hmm. how do you have those tough conversations? Well, Where's the argument? The argument would be going like, oh, what the fuck? No, it's not like that. But people are dismissive of sexism or things that are obviously happening like that. No, no, I know. But obviously, like, it is. And even if it is one of those things where somebody wants to brush it aside, they know at their core it is a true thing that is a problem. They just don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So there's no argument. It's just people are being conflict averse and don't want to talk about it. It's because change is uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. But it's got to happen, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do we get to this threshold where it's like people just admit that, hey, this change has to happen because mm-hmm. people are getting hurt. Women are getting hurt. People of color are getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's like we talked about last week when we did that kind of deep dive, very open, honest discussion about like, you know, how two men can really help in this situation when it's like, this is not our story to tell. And like, obviously we want to elevate other people's voices and stories. And I think as painful as, as some of these stories are to share, share them when you can, if there's a conversation that needs to invite that, because it's like, as these come out and articles or people on Twitter or whoever, like it's going to hit the public and people are going to see that. And at that point they have to make their informed decisions on like how they want to go forward, how they want to support companies, how they want to help and be a better ally how they want to divorce themselves from one thing or another, right? And it that other thing, the the twenty seven, um, what was it? The twenty seven amendments or code that you you read out on the last episode. Oh, that's right. That's the, right. What yeah, was yeah. that called? Uh, I have no idea. That was from one person. That mm-hmm. wasn't like a widely shared like yeah. actual code but it of was, contact. But it, it was like it was, like, it was like tips. Yeah, it was yeah. like twenty seven like kind of tips slash rules how to be a better ally and how to help in situations like right, that. Right, and like right. I think as like these stories come out and you're affected by them, the the thing you can do is do not roll over and move on to the next thing. I think we have very short memories as people mm. where it's like, oh dang, that was a shitty Monday of like stories of abuse and harassment and whatever. Well it's Wednesday now, so I'm gonna move on to the next thing and it's like don't like hold these things in your sight mm-hmm. and keep thinking about how you can help and, and do better and be better in these situations. Right. And like we always say, if you see something, say something. If you know somebody in your life who um, is a certain way around people, of course, correct their behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like it's little simple things like slapping down microaggressions that go a long way. I think the thing that really kind of bothers me that i that i I, i've I've circled around myself like Mm -hmm. from from that one anecdote of like how do i talk to like people about this you Mm -hmm. know without bothering them is this admittance to the fact that 
it's not a problem for these people, these men in particular. It's not a problem for them because it doesn't affect them, mm-hmm. right? They have for very long uh, sat in a position of privilege where it's like, well, it doesn't matter if I fucking harass this, but fuck them. They're not me. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> like, how, how do you talk to someone that just like, it is not their problem? So if a Call of Duty comes out and I don't like it, right and i just decide not to play it or whatever or a, a game comes out and it's like oh it's bogged down with bad mechanics and it's like i'm not playing it that's not that's not my problem i'm not playing that video game that's okay. i that's a thing that i can just be like no i can walk away from but this just to be like that's not my problem well it is your problem because mm-hmm. like you probably know people who are affected in one way or another and maybe haven't spoken out or afraid to speak out right or when they do speak out they need you to be there for them so Mm -hmm. it's like this is one of those things where just because it's not happening to you you can't play that it's not my problem card right like it's it feels negligible like it's uncomfortable that that's the thing that i'm trying to get at though it's uncomfortable to think that there are people that are just like well i don't give a shit because it's not happening to me i mean Think about last year, right? With yeah. like the Black Lives Matter stuff and like all the racial awakenings and like how much of a magnifying glass we had up to our government and our culture and communities about stuff like that. And people are like, well, it's not my problem because I'm not racist. And it's like, right, this is right. still happening. Right. <laughs> so like, like it, it's that that similar discomfort where I'm just like, you just don't give a shit about someone else because it doesn't happen to you. Mm-hmm. Because somebody isn't racist towards you. Because somebody isn't sexist to you. You think they they don't matter mm-hmm. anymore. That they fuck they get hurt but whatever it doesn't happen to me so it doesn't matter like mm. that's i fucking like i i recognize that mm. that that feeling i see it because i've seen people in my life act that yeah. way and i get what this person is saying it's like how do i not bother this person because it's like well they're fucking <laughs> they're already i don't know i don't know what to call them i don't want to like be diminishing but it's like they're already a piece of shit yeah <laughs> how I do think, we make people not pieces of shit it's it's hard to like invite those conversations to like somebody fresh right yeah. where it's like say i'm talking imagine i have a dad right and i'm like hey dad like and i'm daniel i'm talking to my you dad do have a dad <laughs> i don't so. I mean, yeah, okay, I get so, it. Yeah, yeah, sure, but imagine like I, I have a relationship with my father right i'm your and dad now maybe like he is not into gaming but he knows i game right and mm. i'm just like hey this is something that's going on in the gaming community like or like i like make an audible reaction to something is like oh what's going on i was like oh this news just broke and it's like i think at that point you can talk about it and it's really up to the other person to just either take in the information in informative and emboldening way mm-hmm. somebody could be like wow that really sucks but i think it's gonna sit with them not everybody's gonna go out and change the world after hearing news like this because it's like it's complicated but also it's not it's pretty black and white of like don't be these ways but right. i don't know not everybody's gonna be receptive to it either is the thing so i know we want to shake everybody i'm just saying <laughs> i don't know how to convince somebody without shaking them we'll shake them <laughs> and is that what it is we need to shake motherfuckers we need to say like yo what you're doing is not okay. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see that, then you should be ostracized. <laughs> I think, well, that's a different thing. Like, if you see the bad behavior, obviously acknowledge it and slap it down. But, like, having these kind of honest conversations out of nowhere, I think those are harder, like you said. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a serious question. It's like, oh, okay, so it's not happening to you, so it doesn't matter to you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So they don't matter to you. Mm-hmm. So the women in your life don't matter to you. Mm-hmm. So your daughters, your moms, your, yeah. your sisters, they don't matter to you. That, that, that's what you're saying. They don't, they don't matter because it doesn't happen to you. Cool. You can live with that. Mm-hmm. you think that's okay <laughs> right ah, it's i i get some of that toughness right it seems like it should be so simple to be like hey 
you want to feel like, oh, maybe they just aren't aware of their behavior or, or what they're seeing and how to react to it. But then it's like, well, no, they, the other side of it is, um, just in the same way that women has always known that this has been an issue and it's endemic everywhere. It's part of every workplace, part Mm -hmm. of every social structure, not just like video gaming. Right. Mm -hmm. You tell me men don't know that it's always been that way too. They just benefit off of it. That's the Mm -hmm. difference. I am happy to see these things occur. I'm ha- Isn't that weird? I, I'm okay with these articles coming out all the time. These, mm. these exposés, people getting exposed. Mm-hmm. Your, your fucking indie darlings being vilified mm-hmm. because it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It's the only force function because otherwise people are going to be sitting pretty on their privilege and power forever. Mm-hmm. They need to be kicked off the throne. Sorry. This reckoning needs to happen Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's going to take years and it's gonna be a lot of pain it's going to be a lot of discomfort this is not going to go away with the next uh, i don't know schreier article Mm -hmm. so it's like this is happening everywhere even with the people that you love Mm -hmm. uh harass or prey on or in some way benefit from being in a position of power over women it's got to end yeah I, i think the unfortunate thing is a lot of this change could only really happen like obviously this isn't the unfortunate thing but obviously speak out about this sort of stuff and call it out when you see it but like men i think are the most able to be vocal about this sort of stuff without any sort of repercussion right like a woman Mm -hmm. if they're experiencing abuse or want to call it somebody's behavior it'll get either pushed aside they're gonna get fired like or any number of bad things is gonna happen but like a man can speak up on it and i think that's kind of their responsibility at that point right where it's like if you have a position to say something that somebody doesn't you should right because i think and it's it's unfortunate to think that people take men more seriously but men tend to and that's just how it is men listen to men men listen to men so if you have these situations where you can change somebody for the better like why not you know mm-hmm. it's gotta happen yeah it, it's <sighs> it, it's painful to see right to think you know, I, I'm, I'm still thinking about that one thing that I heard, which is like, well, why are women in the industry at all? And it's like, well, they don't know where else to be. They love games. Mm-hmm. They want to be part of gaming. And then it's like, well, wherever they go, they're going to face this, yeah. right? It's like, they shouldn't have to. No, they shouldn't. Whether it's in games, whether it's in comics, whether it's in books, whether it's in movies, like, these are all shared spaces that, like, we've been screaming out about for years. And last week, like, women should have equality and equity in the same space like a like a male does or whoever their counterpart is right like Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be such a hard divide it's very plain for us to see but for other people it's like oh well whatever not my industry and it's like like the whole it's not my chair not my problem but it's just like but it is it's bigger than that you got to make it your problem or it won't change Hmm. well the situation of course is going to continue evolving Mm -hmm. as it will i'm open to the idea of being disappointed sure. by blizzard's reactions um i mean i don't think bobby kotex is the right person to help clean house man no really don't think so no because a lot of the things that he's doing are probably again to the benefit of the public eye the stockholders and making sure call of duty comes out and hits sales so mm-hmm. it's just like it's it's naked right and i would love to think that he's doing it with a good moral compass but like i just don't have faith in that yeah it's like re- remember what he cares about right it's money 
He's a business person. That's the most important thing. This is a disruption to his business, but it I'm sure he's treating it like any other disruption to his business, right? Mm-hmm. Just like go about the motions until it's not a problem anymore. Not because he's a fucking believer, <laughs> you know? It's it's cynical, but true, <laughs> you know? <sighs> Tired myself out talking about fucking fucking Blizzard and just like I, I literally got like defeated halfway through this conversation. Just felt defeated. I just felt for the people like suffer through this every fucking day and just realize like, yo, there's mentalities out there that are just so difficult to fight, just so mm-hmm. difficult to fight. And it's their ambivalence is harder to fight than like them taking a hard line. It, I feel like it's easy to call somebody else just like, oh, you know, it's fine to be sexist, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's it's easy to fight that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It's hard to fight somebody that's ambivalent. That's just like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. So whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not, do- I'm not doing anything wrong. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. isn't that enough that I'm not doing anything wrong? And it's like, oh, but you're also not helping. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the thing. You're not helping. And it's just, how do you convince others to help? And I don't, I, I personally don't have an answer other than just being loud myself. I think you've done it in the ways that you know best too. And that's how a lot of people have to do it, right? You're not going to force somebody to be an agent of change. But if you can give them the knowledge of like, hey, this is the thing that's going on and give them the resources to be, this is going to sound corny, but like a vessel for betterment, then like do what you can, right? Like. If you could reach a small group of people, maybe they can reach one or two people themselves. And it's just kind of this fanning effect, right? Sure. And that needs to happen everywhere, not just between, like, two people. Um, it's hard not to feel defeated, right? I see women. I see non-binary people. I see women of color. I see people of color. I see all these people just being so beaten down by these stories that are coming out. And this is probably the hardest for them because they are the ones who have had to face this firsthand, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't get easier having to hear these stories come out again and again and again and again and again. But it's the only way it changes. Right. It's exhausting. There's nothing rejuvenating about hearing stories about harassment and abuse and structural fuckery, right? There's nothing great about that. But hopefully there is a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like where it's like maybe through these stories, there will be bigger structural movements. Maybe we can get things like unions, right? For people in the video game industry. Maybe we can get equity for, for non-male people in the industry, right? Cause it's like, those are the things that we need to make the industry welcoming and make it a place that people feel like they should be a part of, right? Outside of just being like, Hey, this is a passion project. Right? Want to right? be a part like, of, because at the end of the day, this is a loss. Mm-hmm. It's a loss. The more that people suffer just being a part of an industry, they're like, well, fuck, I'm not going to be a part of this yeah. industry you anymore. You have people jumping ship just being like, well, yeah, I've, I've worked in games for 10 years. I've been a narrative designer, but I'm going to go work for this other company. I'm going to do like software engineering or coding mm-hmm. elsewhere. Because at least that company has structure in terms of good benefits, right? And procedures in place and HR things to protect people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The industry, I hate saying it because it's like the video games have been around fucking since like the, the 70s, right? In, in full nature. The industry is not new anymore, right? Like we're 50 years into this fucking thing. And so it's at this point where like change needs to start happening. It needs to be on the level of other things like film, right? right. Like music. Like it makes no sense why like we can't have unions or have things that protect voice actors, developers, people in the industry. Like it's just, it's past due. So, right. We'll see. I agree. But some of the things that you can do, and you called this out on Twitter last week, is, you know, if you don't know what to do, there's a lot of organizations out there, right? There's 
blackgirlscode.com, futureswithviolence.org, girlswhocode.com, rain.org, womeninanimation.org, and getwiggy.com. All these organizations that go towards like resource funding and, and helping people that are marginalized or have suffered these sort of things. So do your part. But like you said, this is going to be an ongoing thing. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week and the week after. And just brace yourself. Because like, I feel like even though we've heard some horrible shit, the worst is still yet to come. Yeah. Like, I hate that thought. Yeah. But it's it's very likely. Not a comforting thought for the end of the episode. We apologize for that. But, uh... No. Yeah. <laughs> Reality is often not comforting. No, it's not. But... Uh, honestly, we're not powerless, right? And some of us have more power than others. And if you have that more power, why not use it for good? Yeah. To help. If any... I get... I get it, man. We went through a pandemic, dog. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah. Things are tough. Everything's exhausting. Everything is tiring. I'm tired every day. (laughs) But we can't give up. Mm. Simple as that. Can't. Because what is it all for anyway? So we can fucking binge watch some more bullshit on netflix (laughs) or because we want to leave something behind better than how we found it Mm -hmm. isn't that honestly the purpose of our continuation (laughs) i mean that's a deep question i think a lot of people will choose the path of least resistance in any opportunity where it's like yeah if i can not do a thing and keep my head down and stay in my lane and enjoy my frivolous life i will do that Hmm. but you know where you can make the change like I'm not going to tell people how to make their mark on this planet, but like you should want to do better and leave the world a better place. (laughs) You should want to help because, well, you'd want help if you were suffering. Yeah. Always think about that thought. Yeah. Wouldn't you want someone to help you? Because there is that turnaround point where it's like, oh, something happens to you individually and then you feel like you have nothing or no one or no resources. And it's like, how alienating and terrible is that, that feeling and that thought? Right. Imagine how many people feel like that right now. Lots. So, exactly. So, well, guys, I think it's time to land this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, what of whatever this is, the save room. <laughs> save our room. Save our room. <laughs> um, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Thanks uh, for sticking through this. Uh, now this two-part saga of the Blizzard stuff. We'll return next week if if we can depending on what's going on we have a move we're planning for and other stuff but yes that's like, true like i was saying like we can maybe do a more freeform episode maybe a plays or reviews episode but we'll let you know when that happens be afraid of what happens be afraid <laughs> um but yeah appreciate you hanging in there <laughs> see you next time <laughs> no honestly like uh, for all the dourness guys keep your spirits up i know it's been a rough almost two years at this point but Keep your spirits up. Do what you can. Call your loved ones. Be there for people. And just don't be an asshole. Simple as that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good night. Good night.